Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go live from 6th and Peabody in Nashville with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us alongside Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton, Paul Kuharski with a day off. Back with us tomorrow as we preview all things football today and tomorrow slammed on the guest list today with the the latest insiders we'll start with our our great crew from outkick trey wallace talks all things sec tennessee florida a&m arkansas and much more that's in about 20 minutes from now armando salguero will join us in an hour and 15 minutes all things nfl thursday night football tonight and then the week three slate on sunday and monday Armando joins us. I believe he's still going to Tampa Bay, Green Bay. But living in Miami, I wonder if he's trying to change plans to go to Miami and Buffalo at Hard Rock Stadium. I doubt it because you have Brady and Rodgers, maybe for the final time if they don't play in the postseason. We'll we'll preview all those games with Armando. Ross Dellinger, senior college football writer and reporter for Sports Illustrated, joins us in hour number three. And Michael McHenry in an hour to discuss the Aaron Judge quest for 61 and more with the MLB playoff races. Chad, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hutton. I am looking you forward going. to it's a very making this show. Guest list. Let's just go through tomorrow's show yeah. also and then Monday. So then tomorrow we're going to come back. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a real curveball if we just we highlighted everything coming up on the show for the next three weeks <laughs> and that was our entire show. This show today is going to fly by. That is my goal. I told Maddie in studio with us before that I am going to mirror his energy throughout the day. Yeah. So if he Maddie is Ice. if he is meek and he is low energy, then I too will be meek and low energy. But he's come out of the gates ready to go. This guest list is ready to go. I'm excited, Hutton. This is going to be a show that will last three hours that I believe will feel more like 45 minutes. We're going to get you through your workday on For the Drive Home on this great radio station or across the OutKick network, which includes OutKick.com, streaming live now at OutKick, plus Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We hope you'll share the link if you come across us by searching OutKick360. Thursday night football tonight, Cleveland hosts Pittsburgh in what could be Mitchell Trubisky's final start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. There is a lot of buzz uh, about the the lack of production. Even the numbers on paper aren't telling the true story. There are all, Yards per uh, attempt is really low for Trubisky. It's very similar to what we saw from him in Chicago uh, prior to the year in Buffalo where you didn't know if it was Matt Nagy or Trubisky that was holding the offense back. Combination of both maybe. But Trubisky is not pushing the ball down the field. That's not what he does. Meanwhile... You've got some potential within the Pittsburgh offense to do that, and you have a first-round pick sitting and waiting in Kenny Pickett that can do that. We'll see what happens in the division battle tonight on Thursday night. And, uh, Chad, I'm looking forward to it from that angle. Yeah, our resident Browns fan, Tyler, here in studio, was saying that 
Feels like these next two games are almost must-wins for the Browns with Pittsburgh tonight, Cle- I'm sorry, Atlanta next week. These games for Cleveland important, obviously. Got to have them. Because it's games that you can win with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, and then you wait until Deshaun Watson can be the starter after 11 games. So uh, very important for the Browns, very important for Mitchell Trubisky, no doubt about it. I mean, this is a guy, coming into the season, I said – I'm taking Kenny Pickett for NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year because I believe he's going to be starting very quickly. That could hold true tonight if it's another bad offensive performance for Pittsburgh. So a lot of intrigue with these two division rivals tonight. Looking forward to it. And for my prediction to come true, I'm looking forward to watching Mitchell Trubisky be Mitchell Trubisky, which is a below-average NFL quarterback as a starter, and that Kenny Pickett is eventually, not eventually, very quickly – going to be the guy in Pittsburgh. I think we start to see that tonight, Hutton. Yeah, so they have the, I believe Pittsburgh, do they have the Jets next? I'll, I'll do a, a quick check of this. But they'll have the long weekend after this. This was one of two options going into the season where we thought we may see Pickett in the change, potentially. Um, and, and the other thing to keep in mind, we haven't seen Tomlin in this situation before where he's grooming the, the future franchise QB with the veteran that's certainly capable. If Trubisky keeps winning as the starter, it feels a bit like Garoppolo, the argument for him in many ways, where the guy wins, even though he's not helping you necessarily win games, he's not losing you games, right? It feels like that, but at the same time, I don't view the Steelers as an organization that sits back and waits and concedes anything. If there's yards and big plays to be had and their starter's not doing that, you drafted Pickett for a reason. Yeah, Mike Tomlin's not a guy to uh, accept defeat or, accept, or, or accept anything on his roster that's less than the best of what he can get out of his roster. And if he sees deficiencies, the quarterback position, and the opportunity for better things with another quarterback, this being Kenny Pickett, I think he will make the move quickly. Part of the reason I picked Kenny Pickett to be the offensive rookie of the year is that I think Mike Tomlin is the type of coach that will pull the trigger quickly yep. when he feels like his starter's not getting the job done. So far, Trubisky's not gotten the job done. I think that continues tonight on Thursday Night Football. The last time we saw these two teams play on Thursday night, we had the brawl, the fight. Oh, that's right. With Miles Garrett ripping the helmet off and going after Mason Rudolph. The last time on Thursday night. Think we'll see that tonight? Pop up on Amazon? You know, I, th- I think that... Um, Garrett's been awesome, maybe, by the way. Maybe Jeff Bezos has it in his contract that he needs one controversy, you know, every two weeks as part of his $1 billion yep. being paid to the NFL from Amazon. So maybe we get that tonight. I also feel like with the suspension for Mike Evans and Lattimore after last week and, and the, the brawl, we probably won't see anything crazy uh, tonight from these two teams. But that is a great so, throwback, Hutton, of that, that game that was a, a Thursday night football this game. This comes from Davey Hudson, uh, a part of our crew here with, with Outkick 360. And like I, so he, he, it's his tweet, and I know we can't show it, but that's part of my point here. The fact that he tweeted this out a couple years ago, 3 million views, his tweet. The fact that we can't show it on our show, I have no idea... I can't wrap my head around the fact we can't show that. Who's, whose tweet? Davey Hudson's tweet. 
We can't the, show Davey's tweet? A video of a video of, of Miles Garrett getting into it with Mason Rudolph to accompany our conversation. Why, why can we not show it? I have no idea. Like YouTube D- rules Davey just something. said no, or they just won't? And I'm not, I'm not bringing it up to... Uh, it has nothing to do with our oh, staff. Oh, I thought I was. I was it, like, like some... Davey, come over here for a second. I thought no, he was no, about no, no, to no. say, it has "You not... guys can't use my Twitter no, content. Has... That's for me and me alone." He got up. I'm like, what? He, he sent me a text. And we, originally, we we're going to show it. and I guess we can't due to copyright rules or something. But it's it's our own staff's tweet. We don't need permission to show our staff's tweet who's standing in the room with us, and it's got three million views already. It still exists in the ether. I I have no idea about these rules and regulations. Can but, we explain the tweet? I mean. Look do, at any other have, streaming show that's like ours, and they're showing clips. Do we have a? Can we narrate the tweet of what happened since we can't show it? Is this a this well, a, instance of the metaverse audience, just our taking audience over? Listening would know exactly what's happening here. He gets suspended indefinitely and ends up just being the rest of the season. This was November. Was this in November? Whenever this took place, um, end of November, roughly. You, you know what I remember about this, Hutton? I know that it was a deep autumn. When this happened, because yeah. there was a lot of leaves on the ground, and the very next day, we did our old radio show from a uh, um, uh, uh, a tool store in in Bel in Belmead, right? Like it was like a not an auto zone, but it was like an old school. Yeah. Chances are, it was a gas station, hardware but, store yes. type place. Yes, we did our show at that time. Oh, that's I remember right. yeah. talking about that story from a hardware store because. Uh, Garrett claimed that Mason Rudolph used a racial slur, and that was the big conversation about if Garrett's getting suspended, what about Mason Rudolph? And then you had Tomlin come to his defense in Pittsburgh. Craziness. But he ends up getting suspended for the remainder of the season. It was indefinite at the at the point of suspension, but then he was reinstated, I believe, in February right after the Super Bowl. And we bring this up because this preseason we saw what happened in the joint practice with Aaron Donald. We have not heard a thing about that, and we won't because the NFL doesn't police a practice like that. It's amazing how quickly that went away. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's a total cop-out from the NFL that it just that gives them a little bit more leeway to not have to get involved when there's things on tape that we've all seen of, yeah. of Aaron Donald. Because, oh, well, it's a practice, so we don't have to do anything. Um, Chad, random stat that I learned this week. 78% of NFL games are won by the team that leads at halftime. 78%. Based on, and it's an analytical uh, world now. Based on that, I would be pressing the issue late in a second quarter, if not way before. But... Does that benefit the team that wants to establish the run and needs bulk carries to get things going in today's league? Knowing that stat, 78% of games are won by the team who leads at halftime. Uh, I would be wanting to take chances and put up points. If you're just going to, if we're looking at this from just a a pure analytical standpoint, knowing that you're playing the the odds, even if you're getting the football to begin the second half, like I would be pressing the issue if I have timeouts left, no matter how the game's going. Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to bring up also, because I saw this as a story at OutKick. Um, Aaron Judge, I watched last night. I, I watched on ESPN+, Plus, but it was the Yes Network's broadcast with Michael Kay of his game and his at-bats. And I'm sucked into this as he goes for the AL record of 61 home runs by Roger Maris. People are responding, the Major League Baseball record is 73 by Barry. I said, yes, 
our, our tweet and everything we said is AL record. There's nothing false about what we said. It's still a big moment and a big time in sports history with, with Aaron Judge. A lot of talk about this Apple TV game. And, well, now people can't see it. And the Yes Network has tried to bargain their way into carrying it, and they're not going to. And something I found out this morning, I... I Have you heard the latest on I that? I barely remember. Let me get this 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 clear point, though, because there's a story at OutKick about it right now. And it says the average person can't watch the game. If you are saying the average person does not have internet access, then you're right. If you have internet, you can watch the game for free. Hutton, I completely forgot about this till I read it this morning. These games are not part of any Apple Plus package. You can go to Apple TV and watch their Major League Baseball games, all of them, for free. If you have internet, you could watch on your phone, your tablet, whatever you want. So there's a narrative that Major League Baseball and Apple and Big Tech have robbed America of this historical moment where they can't see it. That's not necessarily true. And the more I read into this and I see that, oh, it's free if you want to go watch it. I think it's just for season one. But if you wanted to watch these games, you can do so with internet. That's it. You have to pay nothing else for it. That changes my perspective of it a little bit. And the more I think about it, the more I think, there's no way in hell if I'm Apple, I'm giving this game up. But I don't, if it's free anyway, and if... Apple is show if their broadcast is the broadcast that's going to be picked up and shown on different networks. I don't understand why you wouldn't want that publicity out there when the networks are going to show the replay of the exact same broadcast minutes later. Well, they want they want people to go to the, their just like anyone else would. They have you have to go there to get it. Even if it's free, you have to go there to see it. Well, that again, that's that's fine. But you're still going to have you will have more eyeballs on your product if you allow the Yes Network to stream his at bats. That Major League Baseball denied the Yankees' request to trade the game. I don't I don't bemoan Apple for not trading the game. I would want the game, right? Yes. But I I don't understand why. Like W, I'm, I always compare it to Sosa and and McGuire. I remember turning it on ESPN and they would break in with a live at bat in Chicago of, of WGN broadcast. Yeah, they did that. They did that last night. ESPN right. broke in every time that, that Aaron Judge was at bat if you were watching it there. But I'm saying even with Apple, I don't know why, you, why they wouldn't want that. Well, again, I, I think... If it's free, I, there's I, no I can, sign up. I can see both sides of this, but if I'm Apple, I totally understand the we're not trading it because... We're paying good money for this Friday night package, and we got gifted this big moment, possibly, with one of our games. We had no idea this was going to be the case when we signed up for this. So we still want to steer people to our page to see what's on here, to watch it that way, and not give them any other out. Because the thinking is, well, it's not really promotion for us. It's just promotion for ESPN. Because people aren't going to see, oh, that's the Apple broadcast on ESPN they feel like we're going to get more signups by people going online, watching for free on Apple TV, as opposed to watching for free on ESPN on their TV. And, and because of that, Major League Baseball, I mean, would we? Uh, there's 10% of the buzz that we had with the last big home run, Jace. 10%. Um, I'm, I'm, I have pulled up Twitter last night waiting on updates whenever he's coming to bat. It's hard to find. 
And well, Major League Baseball is never going to have the buzz that they had years ago. But this moment, you can create some buzz by if you if Apple needs the promotion, tell ESPN to put whatever they need to on the screen whenever you go to the live at bat or you're going to stream it, whatever it needs to be. If it's free anyway, and all of these different outlets are going to show the highlight of it, I don't I don't understand the. I mean, do I have to sign up to even even watch it? I don't know. I just know that it's free if you have internet. So it's not nearly as difficult as I once thought, having having read that. I, so I you can just go. You can, I can just go to AppleTV.com and it's going to pop up those games tonight, and you can watch it there. I, I really, I really feel like the rising tide would raise all ships in this in this case um, it, it, for for this moment. Hit us up on Twitter with your thoughts at Outkick360. Zach Calzada, season-ending shoulder surgery. He's headed for a medical redshirt year. So it, he's not factoring in, but he would have this week because TJ Finley has also been ruled out with a shoulder injury. So it's Robbie Ashford's game this Saturday for Auburn as they will play Missouri. Their fifth home game, right? Yes. Yeah, so Auburn has not left the Plains right. yet. Yeah, so they they will after this week. I believe they have LSU. It's their fourth home game. Is it LSU? Oh, so it's LSU coming up, I believe, that may be their first road game. Um, 11 a.m. kickoff against Missouri. Robbie Ashford, the healthy QB right now, uh, on the plains at Auburn. Yeah, Auburn is 2-1, and so this will be their fourth game. Um, Coming up, Trey Wallace is going to join us. There's a pretty big game in Knoxville this week, Chad. That's where we start. And then we'll transition to A&M Arkansas and some other big topics across the Southeastern Conference. Looking forward to discussing the Vols and Gators coming up next with Trey Wallace of OutKick. OutKick 360, excited to partner with Aurora Nutriscience, our trusted partner that keeps us mentally sharp and healthy. Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them the most, your body. You're seeing VitaLifeScience.com. V-I-D-A-LifeScience.com is where you can see more information our OutKick 360 season ticket holders receive a 15% discount with the code OutKick360. Typical pills, capsules, not well absorbed. In fact, most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts. Your digestive system breaks these pills down until there's little left for you to benefit. But here's Aurora. Unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensures greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I use the vitamin C, the vitamin D3, and glutathione, simple single-use packets, grab and go in the mornings, but there are so many other vitamins and supplements to choose from at vitalifescience.com, V-I-D-A-lifescience.com, 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at vitalifescience.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We return with Trey Wallace of Outkick.com on Outkick 360 from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. There's We're back, Trey. baby. We're back. Trey, uh, Trey's ready, back. Ready for a big matchup this weekend in Knoxville, Tennessee and Florida. Trey, hope you're doing well. 
I'm good. I, I just got back from, uh, I took a stroll around campus. I always like to do a little scene center piece before the games every weekend. And uh, yeah, it's going to be an absolute madhouse in Knoxville this weekend, just by judging the folks that are on campus on a Thursday afternoon. Well, I saw a picture of their uh, students are already claiming their spots for game day on Thursday. Isn't it? Isn't that wild? Um, yeah, and it's and it's you know it reminds me of um, it reminds me of like a big time Tennessee basketball game, you know, where the students have to line up early. Or it reminds me of uh, of last season or the year before with Tennessee baseball, you know, where, where students are having to line up early to get tickets and whatnot. Like there is a a palpable excitement that I have not seen in Knoxville in uh, probably six seven years. Uh, it's it just, it's bonkers in this town and talking with folks, guys, it, it's going to be just nuts on Saturday. I, I framed it as in you know, a story I'm writing now, it's pretty much going to be Woodstock in Knoxville. Yeah. It, I have to go back to, you know, 2016 when Tennessee last beat Florida in Knoxville for hype, um, 2015 at home against Oklahoma was a big one. I was at that game, which was an all day hype fest leading into the night, one of the loudest atmospheres I've ever been around in all of college football. And Trey, let's talk about it because this is the game of the week in, in the SEC. Um, just how big this would be for Josh Heupel with his fan base. Not that Josh Heupel is in any bit of trouble or anyone doubts him at all. That's a Tennessee fan or anyone around the SEC. But a win over Florida, even as a 10.5-point favorite, a one-point win over Florida, just what that could do for Josh Heupel in the eyes of this Tennessee fan base, Trey, I feel like it would be huge for him in this program. Guys, it doesn't matter if Tennessee kicks a field goal with three seconds left in the game and, and wins it. It doesn't matter. Beating Florida is just beating Florida. We've seen countless times in the past where you know you 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 thought a Tennessee team was was good enough to, to handle the job and then they come up short. You know, Florida just breaks their heart. Um this, this feels like, you know, I, I said before the season, like I thought Pittsburgh was the key game in the season for Tennessee heading into 2022 because I thought it would set up the rest of the way that Tennessee would go uh, this season. And now you're in that perfect scenario where you're entering this Florida game, you're 3-0, and all eyes are going to be on Knoxville, at least for the first half, uh, in, in my opinion. You've got all these different media entities in town um, ranging from, you know, the four letter network to CBS to Fox, you know, Outkick, we're going to be there. It just, everything put into this. And for Josh Heupel, you know, it's big for him in a sense of he, he needs to be the one to get Tennessee over the hump. It's not a, you know, win or lose. Okay. The whole season's ruined, but it's one of those games where, if he can beat Florida, his name is just, you know, the level of confidence that the fans have in Heifel and the direction of the program, Chad, is going to hit a different level. And that's, and that's the thing about the Florida game. I don't care, you know, what Florida's looked like over the past two weeks and whatnot. It's still Florida, and it's still this, this massive game that Josh Heifel um, has had to – you know, let the players know about, even though I'm sure they're hearing it from former players and whatnot that have been there, how big it is. Because you have to remember, the last time Tennessee beat Florida, these players were not old enough to go to a senior prom. 
So you have to let these guys know how big this is, especially with players coming across the country. But overall, for Josh Heupel, I think it's massive because you get your program and you let you you take the next step. And and just from a season standpoint, Chad, you win this game, you get two weeks off to get healthy, and then you go to Baton Rouge, which is a winnable game, in my opinion. And then you come home and you play Alabama. So it's important for a lot of different reasons. But for Josh Heupel to get Tennessee over the Florida hop, I think that's the biggest one. Well, let's look at it from both teams' perspective here, Trey. Trey Wallace, Outkick.com with us. In terms of short-term and long-term importance for both teams, where does this game rank in, in the most important games of the conference's season? I mean, this is a – to me, it's a pivotal matchup for both you can bury Florida if you're Tennessee in the SECA's rankings if we're just looking short-term. Long-term, we've discussed the importance of what this game means for Tennessee and the hurdle they can get over, but Florida also beat Utah. Then they lost to Kentucky. You have to go back to the 50s. Uh, was rock, rock and roll wasn't even around in the 50s, the last time that Florida lost to both Kentucky and Tennessee in the same season. It's been a long time. And to me, yeah, this is yeah. a pivotal moment on Saturday. Yeah, it's big. It's big for those two reasons. It's big for for Tennessee trying to set up the rest of the way they're going to go in, inside the SEC. It's it's massive for Florida because you got to right the ship. I mean, this is a team that looked horrible against South Florida last weekend. Did not look good against Kentucky. And you're coming to win this game, and and you're trying to get things back on track. Like you know, Billy Napier. I know this is his first year. He's three games into it. But you're trying to right the ship because there's been some bad football over the last two weeks after coming off that Utah win. Um, I, I think it's massive for you know for Florida to to try to figure out a way. Okay, we got to let Anthony Richardson loose. I think that's the biggest key to this whole football game is if Billy Napier schemes up or or Richardson doesn't get hurt and they let him just sit in the pocket and not play his type of football, Tennessee will have a field day with it. They they will get after the quarterback. They will force him into mistakes. The biggest key, in my opinion, to this whole game is how many times Anthony Richardson gets out of the pocket. Here's a stat for you. During the Utah game, he rushed the ball 11 times. Over the past two games, he has rushed the ball just 14 times over the past two games. So you see how teams have been able to scheme against them, but also you've seen Billy Napier say, well, well hold up. Our backup quarterback situation is horrible. Jack Miller can barely grip a football. We might have to roll with the true freshman if you get hurt. So they've been playing cautious. And, and Billy Napier, I know he realizes this. He's a smart football coach. you got to let it all on the line this week. I mean, there, there's no letting back. And overall, as the conference, as you asked, I think it's massive because what Tennessee can do is Tennessee can put their foot on Florida's throat and say, okay, you're done. Don't have to worry about you in the SEC East this year. Uh, you've got two losses. We know how big that is. Really, you got to win three to get back in. Uh, for Tennessee, it's, it's a very nice because now you go into that month of October with big games against LSU and Alabama, um, and and you can you know you can slip up once. You know if they don't beat Alabama at home, okay, that's fine. I, I still think there's other winnable games. Kentucky. You know, it could be a game that Tennessee takes. We've seen them beat them before. But then it would set up just a massive game in the month of November with Georgia. So I, I hate to get that far down the line. Yeah. But what this means this weekend is Tennessee is technically in the driver's seat. 
you know, and, and everything's fine as of now. For Florida, this would be a rough outing if they get beat up in Knoxville because it'll show fans just how far they have to go. What What's the injury status of Tillman right now? Yeah, I don't, I don't like the way this sits for Tennessee with Tillman right now, coming off the ankle sprain that he's been dealing with all week and talking with some folks. I mean, you can chalk it up to a game-time decision. Um, I think, you know, you, you guys all know this. You, you dealt with the Titans. You dealt with college football. Once these players get these high ankle sprains, um, you, you, you have to give them a little bit of time to get back. I mean, a player can try. I wouldn't doubt um, that they try to play some some Tom Fullery on Saturday and have Cedric Tillman out there, you know, maybe catching some passes from Indian Hooker. Um, but it would be a surprise to me if he plays. Um, but I've seen crazier things happen. I mean, you know, maybe a week of getting off that ankle and you try to get back on it, maybe something works. But, you know, Tennessee, the good part about Tennessee got right now, wide receiver, they have depth. They've got guys you can put in there. You can put a, you can throw a Brew McCoy on one side, Jalen High on the other, and then throw a Squirrel White type of player, Walker Merrill in the slot. So it'll be interesting with Cedric Tillman. I think running backs, they're fine. They're going to be okay. But um, Tillman-wise, if you're Tennessee, wouldn't you rather want to be safe than sorry and maybe hold him out, even if he's gritting to go? Uh, another discussion point, guys, for me. So after the Utah game, ESPN bought into the hype of Anthony Richardson. We all did. But they clearly went into the Kentucky game with an idea that they were going to start to build the storyline of Richardson being this great NFL prospect. And they led the broadcast discussing how many NFL scouts were at the game to watch Richardson and Levis. And then they had Todd McShay on the sideline talking all things Richardson. And then the story played out where he was awful. And they had to pivot a bit I'm I I will be curious to know how many teams are represented at this game for Hendon Hooker's purposes and if he plays well I think we see the pivot to him being the the quarter the new quarterback on the block nationally for the NFL draft you know it's funny like during that Florida Kentucky game you know yeah they were talking about Richardson and then like halfway through it they were like yeah all right wait a minute Maybe we should talk about Will Levis here a little bit more than Richardson. Maybe we, you know, uh, put the eggs in the basket a little bit earlier than expected. Um, so, you know, I, I think Hendon Hooker, you know, this could this could be a, a coming out party. But even though we've already seen him do things, we've already, you know, we have. But on primetime, mm-hmm. CBS, you're going to have the NFL scouts a good amount of them at this game just because of the talent on both sides of the football. Um, this could be one of those games where Hendon Hooker starts to be talked about a little bit when it comes to the draft. And I'm not saying first round or anything like that, like they were proclaiming with right. Anthony Richardson, like right. he's some top five quarterback. But I'm saying overall, I think this would be a good launching point for Hendon Hooker. And, and I, I hate to even throw this out there, but I will throw it out there. Like if they get the win, and he throws for 280, 300, and has another touchdown on the ground and he looks good, you know, maybe – Tiny little bit of Heisman talk starts coming sure. up. Just a little bit. Not a lot, but we'll see. Yeah, I think Hooker's going to have to run and run better against the good opponents on Tennessee's schedule moving forward starting this this weekend, maybe. Maybe they get through this without him having to be a factor on the ground, but that's going to be something he's going to have to show. And I think you're right, Trey. The, the game plan for Tennessee is just don't let Anthony Richardson run. Make him throw to beat you, and, and that's the formula for success. 
let's let's move on uh, to the other big game in the SEC this week in, in Arlington. Texas A&M and Arkansas. Trey, I feel like the formula success for A&M is just play great defense and hope to score 17 points and hope that that's going to be enough. This is a 21 or 17-point offense, and they're not going to do much more than that against anyone that's got a legitimate defense on their schedule. What do you think about the matchup between these two? I think it's horrible for Texas A&M. I mean, honestly, this is a team struggling for an offensive identity right now. I don't care who the quarterback is, Max Johnson or Haynes King, it doesn't matter. I know what they have at running back uh, with Devination, but I, I looked at it overall. I think this could be a game where K.J. Jefferson, Rock Sanders, that offense that, that Arkansas has right now, I just – they can make this game very uncomfortable for the Aggies in the first half. And, and, and I picked this game, you know, uh, Arkansas 31, and I took Texas A&M 17. Um, I just think Arkansas has too much on offense right now. And the problem is Jimbo is, is struggling to find a, a, a downfield identity as well. Um, you can't separate it. You look at the App State game, then you look at the Miami game. What is Texas A&M proving on offense to think that they can keep up with, you know, six foot five, 245-pound K.J. Jefferson, who's got a hell of an arm and can run over defenders? I, I just think this is a tough game for Texas A&M. I will say they can turn their season around if they win this game. Um, but I think Arkansas, I, I looked past that Missouri State game last week. I, I really think they were looking ahead to Texas A&M this week. Um, and we'll see. I, I, we've seen crazier things happen. Texas A&M is somehow a favorite in this game. Um, but whatever. That's just more fuel of the fire the Razorbacks need. So Missouri has not looked good. Auburn certainly did not look good at home against Penn State. We know Brian Harson's fate at this point. It's just a matter of when and not if. Will that win be on Sunday morning if they lose at home as a touchdown favorite against Missouri? with Brian Harson, If Brady Cook and Eli Drinkwitz goes into Auburn and wins on Saturday, I think a decision is made and Brian Harson is out as the head coach at Auburn. Um, a lot of chatter. I spoke with folks after the game, spoke with a few boosters, people involved in the athletic department. One thing to remember is they don't have a permanent athletic director right now. But I've been told President Christopher Roberts, um, he knows what he has to do when it comes to this situation. I don't know how long you can hold out on it. Uh, do you hold out till the bye week goes down? Um, look, Eli Drinkwitz is a coach killer. I mean, they, they beat Dan Mullen last year. The day after, Dan Mullen's fired. Uh, he's got an opportunity, in my opinion, to do the thing, uh, the same thing. I just Auburn. Auburn's a stagnant program right now. There's no life to them, and and also the the fans gave it all last weekend. I mean, you know. They're, they're, they're going to come up for an 11 a.m. kickoff against a Missouri team that's really not that good, but they have, a, in my opinion, a decent quarterback. And, and if they get caught by Missouri, which I think can happen, I, I, I think Missouri can beat Auburn on Saturday. We've seen crazier things happen already earlier in the season. Um, you, you beat Auburn. Uh, I have a hard time believing Brian Parson coaches another game just because of the noise that's going to happen in, in Auburn. It's so bad right now, guys. Um, I don't know how he would ever recover. And he won't recover. He's done. It's just a matter of when is he done. Let's play a hypothetical game here, Trey. Let's say that Auburn comes yeah. open on Sunday after a loss to Missouri. So now you've got Missouri, Arizona State, Nebraska, all with job openings midseason. 
let's say all three of those programs call Urban Meyer and want him to be the next head coach. Rank the jobs that Urban Meyer should take if he's got all three options in order between Nebraska, Auburn, Arizona State. If you are Urban Meyer, I'm using Urban Meyer's example of multi-time national championship winning coach that could take the job that he wants if he actually wants to take one of these jobs. Nebraska, Auburn, Arizona State. I agree with you. I think I think I think Urban Meyer going in to the Big Ten, something that he knows extremely well, um, is a lot better in my opinion, than trying to resuscitate a program at, at, at Auburn where you don't have an athletic director right now. You know how much the boosters meddle in that program. And it's more of a, you know, it's crazy as it sounds. It feels like more of a challenge right now at Auburn than it does Nebraska. Um, and, and maybe I'm wrong on that, but just looking at it on paper, I just I feel like that would be a tough one. Eric. Arizona State's screwed, period. They're going to have to go out there and get a coach who can deal with, with sanctions that are coming from the NCAA the same way Tennessee did with Josh Heupel. But Arizona State, to me, is just not that not in that category. So it'll be I, – I, maybe there's another job that opens up for two this season. But if I'm Urban Meyer, you know, I'm going Nebraska first. Then we see what's going on with Auburn, uh, and, and you go from there. So, you know, I don't know, guys. I, I think – I, I think Auburn would be smart to go find a builder of a program and not just a flash in the pan. Um, if they did, somebody like Hugh Freeze could come in there and recruit immediately and then probably win eight games. But do you want somebody that's going to come in there and, and build your program and keep you there? Or do you want somebody that's going to come in there and just try to win immediately? And then four to five years down the line, you're dealing with problems. Trey, you have Vanderbilt covering the 41 in Tuscaloosa. Why? I sure do. Because I, I I really enjoyed watching AJ Swan at quarterback last week for Vanderbilt, um, I, and this is one of those games too where Alabama. If you go look at the covers that they have against SEC schools in the past, um, the, the numbers they aren't that swell. I, I, I should have brought them in here. I had them on a piece of paper. Um, I, I think Vanderbilt actually scores a touchdown or two in Tuscaloosa, and I think look, I think Vanderbilt is actually feeling it right now. They just went over their win total. Uh, everybody had them at two and a half wins. They got the three. I mean, you have to take the small things in life. And and and, and look, Clark Lee's sitting there right now, and he found a quarterback. I think that's the biggest thing. You found a quarterback. I know it was Northern Illinois and whatnot, and I get that. But the way he was throwing the football and, and it looked like he was running the offense, you know, I could see this game being uh, – you know, what, 49 to 14, something like that, and they cover the spread. Two touchdowns like that would be surprising for me. I, I read a stat before that Nick Saban at Alabama has held only two SEC teams under 100 yards offense for an entire game. The last time they played Alabama – or sorry, the last time they played Vandy, Vandy had 78 total yards in a 59 to nothing loss. And the other one was the – 2011 or two, 2011, I think, national championship game against LSU. They held LSU wow. to 98 yards offense in a national championship game. Was the other well, time. just for reference on Vanderbilt, they were dealing with Derek Mason as head coach. Okay, so it's maybe, you know, it is what it well, is. Well, luckily for Vandy, they were dealing with a backup quarterback from Northern Illinois because they weren't beating the starter the way that game was going until <laughs> that guy went down. But I, A.J. Swan did look better than, than Mike Wright in his limited time. I, I will give you that, Trey. AJ, AJ Swan just, in the preseason, Trey, looked 
so much better than Mike Wright when I went out to their scrimmage. I, yeah. I, watching it, there was one SEC caliber quarterback on the field, and it was A.J. Swan. And I was talking with somebody there, and I just said, it's only a matter of time before he plays, and the, I'm curious to when they decide to go with the freshman because they took Mike Wright to SEC Media Days for a reason and named him the starter that day. And it lasted two and a half games, right? Like, it yeah. took about two and a half I games. Mean, and then they went through all week going to Northern Illinois saying that Mike Wright was still atop the depth chart and then named A.J. Swan the starter. He played well. And he's got the SEC arm. Um, he's, of course, very raw. And the 41 points to me seems a bit low, despite Vanderbilt being improved from last year. It just wouldn't surprise me if, if somehow in the fourth quarter, you know, Vanderbilt scores another touchdown and they get some wacky play in the first half. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can just see I've seen games like this before. I've seen you know, Vanderbilt go down to Georgia and you know, play kind of close in the first half and it gets away in the second half. Like, you know, it is what it is. Alabama is going to have their third spring in. You know, by the sure. fourth quarter, but but you know, all that matters to Vegas is uh, is putting one up on the board against their third string. So I'm going to go with the Vanderbilt uh, combination. Hey, looking forward to your coverage. <laughs> yeah, to, yes. Looking forward to your coverage of Tennessee and Florida on Saturday, as well as the entire conference. Um, we will not be in Knoxville this Saturday. Uh, we will be watching from here, but it's going to be a great atmosphere. Can't wait for it, man, and uh, enjoy it. Yeah, I look forward to bringing a lot of great coverage to Outkick this weekend. Uh, it'll start tomorrow night. We'll lead all the way into Saturday night after the game. So just follow Outkick.com. I appreciate you guys having me on. and Have a fun weekend, and, uh, and we'll chat soon. Thanks, Trey. There's Trey fun. Wallace. Trey Wallace underscore on Twitter. Read his work at Outkick.com. Yeah, he picked Vandy to cover, not to, to win. cover. Yeah, I do to wanna, cover. Do want to uh, clarify that. For um, Chad, when we come back, Phil Still released the – based on what Las Vegas is doing – how they view the top 25. A and Las there's a Vegas big top 25. Big takeaway. If teams met on a neutral field, who would be favored? One through 25 by Vegas. Some interesting takeaways from this list. And we'll, we'll tell you their top five and more straight ahead on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Outkick 360 rolls on. Old Smoky Moonshine. It's looking like fall here Yeehaw at Old Smoky. Here. Man, the, the kaleidoscope of colors out our door. Corey Taylor's got us set up here. You can take the shot where you can see it. And you can uh, see the uh, video at YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Outkick 360. Um, somewhere over there are pickles. There's some right here in front of Withrow. And he will try a Moonshine Pickle for the first time coming up in an hour. Looking forward to it. Uh, Chad, the... What'd you just deep, put down? Deep breaths. Well, I had a, a product placement oh, here. I didn't sorry. want it. I didn't want sorry. It no. <laughs> I know. I started to move it. I'm like, I need to get that out of the way. Um, they don't pay this show. Vegas, based on neutral field, how the, the top five would look, courtesy of PhilSteel.com. What observations did you make? Yeah, this? so Phil Still does this where he's got a lot of connections with guys in Vegas, and he's got a ranking 
system of um, just where teams would be if they met on a neutral field, who would be favored straight down the list, 1 through 25. Surprisingly, Alabama, even after the close win over Texas, is number one. Ohio State, two. Georgia, three. Now, that flips the narrative that I believe Georgia's been the best team in the country. They, yes, I agree. And if any national champions, so they would be number one. But either way, you know, that's a good top three. Michigan, four. These are the top four teams in America, regardless of what ranking you want to look at, just in different order. The big surprise comes at number five, where he's got Tennessee. This is not him. Vegas has Tennessee as the fifth best team in the country based on Vegas ratings. Hutton, we have long said no one does a better job of predicting things than Las Vegas. Maybe they should make the rankings. This surprises me, though, that Tennessee is fifth. Josh Heupel's been very good against the spread. They're 3-0 and against the spread this year, including two enormous this spreads. This is neutral field. Where's Florida on this? Florida's 35th. That tells me Vegas thinks Tennessee crushes Florida. They put it at 10. Neutral field. They're fifth and Florida's 35th. Neutral field, they'd be a two-touchdown favorite is basically what they're saying. Um, but, they're, but Tennessee's at home, and they're a 10-point Well, that's what favorite. I'm saying. Yeah, if we're going by the neutral field, I think because they're 10-and-a-half right now, add a field goal at least. It'd probably be 14. I, or maybe take I it away. I think it should be more yeah. because Tennessee's at Neal. Yeah, maybe. maybe they're yeah. home. I'm going they trust way. Tennessee so much. They're fifth on a they neutral would, field. Let me rephrase that. They'd be a touchdown favorite, not two touchdown favorite, I on think, a neutral field. I think uh, Vegas thinks Tennessee but crushes Florida. Surprised to see Tennessee at five because no they're doubt. 11th in the AP, but fifth seems high. Coming up, Michael McHenry, and we discuss Aaron Judge and the quest for the record. And That's Pickles. Next. And Pickles.